turn your Bible if you want to follow to 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to read the whole chapter and the first verse of chapter 2 this morning. It says, Now, there was a certain man. I didn't practice this, this town name. <laughs> Ramath Imzophim of Mount Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Benina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? And that's just typical of a guy, right? Of a man thinking, aren't I good enough? <laughs> so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she bowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their host to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. 
Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his hosts went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks, and one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. So we get the whole story there as we follow through here. And the overview is that this guy has two wives. One has a bunch of children, the other one doesn't. And she's tormented by that. And all she wants is a child. And when she prays, she, she promises that if God would give this child, that she would give the child back to God. And God gives her that child. And she does what she promised. So I'm just going to go through this a little bit. We'll look at some of the details here. And the first thing that we can see from this, from the whole of that story, is that when she comes to God with this burden on her heart, she's bowed in prayer with a sorrowful spirit, begging the Lord to answer this desire of her heart. God gave her that. God honored that. And we see that God cares when we have cares that we bring to him. 1 Peter 5.7 reminds us of that as well. It says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We know that God cares about the details of our lives. And when we have cares, when we have burdens, things that we need to, God to take care of, things that we have no control over, 
we can bring those to God and trust him to take care of those things because he cares about those details of our lives. Psalm 91, verse 15 says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And this is just God saying to us, when we have a trouble, when we have problems, we're going to turn to God, and God will deliver us. God will answer us. And in doing that, we're, we're to turn that back to God, giving honor back to God. And that's exactly the picture that we see from Hannah in this story. We see in verse 10, it says, She was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She was in deep sorrow. This, year by year, it described this happening, that they would go up to Jerusalem And this other woman would taunt her year after year. Just taunting her with the blessing that God had given her all these children. And yet her womb was closed. God had refrained from allowing her. And she taunted her with that. She provoked her, causing her great sorrow. And so she comes to God, it says, in bitterness of soul, and she wept sore. She's got a broken heart over this before God. The following verses, verse 12 and 13, describe how she comes to God in prayer. It says, came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunk. She's before the Lord at the temple, and she's at the tabernacle. Um, She's praying. Her mouth is moving. Her lips move, but no words are coming out. So nobody around her knows what those desires of her heart are. They don't know what the burden on her heart is. They just see her lips moving. They don't know the words. The prayer that she has is simply between her and God. It's nobody else knows what this prayer is about. And even her husband questions, why are you so sad? Aren't I good enough? And I'm sure he treated her wonderfully. I'm sure he took care of her well. It says that he loved her. It says that he gave her a worthy portion when it came time to come to the, and offer the sacrifice. He's, he's doing his best as a husband, 
to satisfy the needs of his wife. But what she really wants is a child. And he can't answer that for her. He can't provide that. Only God could do that. And so this is what the burden of her heart is. And it's a secret in that she's not openly praying this out loud. She's not proclaiming this all around. It's just between her and God. First Thessalonians 5 verse 17 tells us we should pray without ceasing. We need to be consistent in our prayer. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 11 starting in verse 5 he says and he said unto them which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him and he from within shall answer and say trouble me not the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed I cannot rise and give thee and I say unto you that though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth and I say unto you ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened and we see the example that Jesus is giving it's not just a flippant you know ask God do this for me please you see the way that Hannah came to God the sorrow in her heart the the pleading that she did before the Lord it's not just an off the cuff God please do this for me <laughs> and we see in Jesus example when the neighbor comes and knocks on your door I've got somebody I got no food I need to feed this guest and he says I'm in bed leave me alone but he's incessant right he will not stop asking he keeps knocking on that door he says I can't go back and tell this person I have no food please give this and he knows he probably knows this neighbor <laughs> well enough he's not going to give up he's not going to stop asking he's not going to stop pleading and it says it's not because he's his friend that he gets up and gives him the bread it's because of the, the importunity the the idea is that i just want peace <laughs> i want to stop hearing this voice and this knocking at my door and it's not going to go away until i appease this person and Jesus is basically telling us that that's sometimes what we need to do to God is keep knocking at that door. Keep pleading before God. Be like Hannah was with a broken heart. Come before God and plead that God would fulfill 
our request. And Jesus says, when you come to God like that, he's more likely to come and answer that prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. She pleaded with God, and God heard her prayer, and God answered that prayer for her. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. We're supposed to expect God to answer. <laughs> How often do we pray, and I know I'm guilty of this, but we pray and think, that there's no way God is going to answer this prayer. But I'm just going to pray anyway, just in case. That's not the attitude that God wants us to come to him. He wants us to come like Hannah did, just pleading and trusting, putting this in God's hand. And it says, watch in the same. Look for the answer to your prayer. Expect that God's going to answer that prayer with thanksgiving, like, and we sometimes do this, we, we'll, we'll pray for something, and we'll say, and we, we thank you for what you're going to do. And I wonder how serious we are when we say that. We need to be earnest. We need to be sincere in our belief that God wants what's best for us. God wants to answer our prayers. He wants us to trust him with these things. He wants us to expect an answer. And Hannah, Hannah received that answer. Back in verse 11, it says that she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. I see her attitude here in this prayer. It's like, thine handmaid, thine handmaid, thine handmaid. Like, she's making it clear that she has no thought that she's worthy of what she's asking. That God 
owed her anything. She's just a servant. She's submissive to God and to God's will. But she's just pleading, trusting God to do this. So there's no, no pride left in her at this moment. No expectation that God owes her anything. But she's just putting this before God. And she vows a vow. She makes a promise to God that if, if you would answer this prayer, I will honor you with that answer. And she's going to honor God by dedicating this child back to God. Isn't that an amazing thing that she's pleading for a child and she's going to give away the child that she's begging for. As soon as it's, this baby is weaned, she's taking it and giving it for Eli the priest to raise. She's, she's offering him to God. What an incredible willingness on her part. But not only does she make that vow, but we see in verse 28 of chapter 1, it says, Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. She brought that child and gave him to Eli the priest. She put him in his care. She followed through on the vow that she made before God. In Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, starting verse 4, says, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldst not vow than thou that then that thou shouldst vow and not pay. He's saying, it's okay. If you make a promise to God, when you do what Hannah did, and I'm not sure that you would call this bargaining, it's just, you're just showing in advance your gratefulness to God for his answer to your prayer. He says, when you answer this, I'm going to honor you with that answer of prayer. And that's what she's doing. She's honoring God in her answer or his answer of her prayer. She's making that promise in advance that she'll do that. And God honors her. He answers that prayer. And she follows through with that. But Ecclesiastes says, don't make empty promises to God. You'd be better off never having made a promise than to promise something and not follow through with it. How many times, how many prayers have we made and we don't even remember minutes later that we made a promise to God that we would, that we would do something in exchange for this answer to the prayer. And I think we're often tempted to try to bargain with God over these things rather than just honoring God with a promise to follow through with, with our part of that in the end. But that's not 
the way that Hannah did it. She, she promised to honor God, and she followed through with that promise. Hannah, having made that promise and having received the answer for her, to her prayers, having had this child, when we get to verse 23, it says, And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, sorry, back up in 21, says, the man Elkanah and all his hosts went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode, and gave her son suck until she weaned him. She spent that time preparing that child, bonding with that child, raising him for that short period of time that she had with him. For She's preparing him for what she's promised him to God. And so she's spending that time. And like I said earlier, my mother fits that picture. She, she raised her children in church. She raised us with an attitude that was honoring to God. And even as a young adult, um, just after we got married, I, I remember a conversation I had with my mother um, Jen and I had started going to, to church. Um, it had, we hadn't been for quite some time, um, but I realized once we were married that that was important. But my mom took that a step further. And I remember telling her, you know, we were going to this church or that church, and we hadn't settled into any particular church, and we hadn't really thought too much about what church we ought to be in, but she remember her telling me very specifically, make sure you're in a church that teaches the Bible. And that, that comment changed my attitude of what I was looking for when I went to a church. And that changed the direction of my entire life. Because we sought out a church that taught the Bible, not one that entertained us and that felt good and that's really all we had been going for up until that point up until that point just being in church seemed good enough to me but it was my mother that prepared me and directed me to get into something a little deeper than that something that honored God more and that's what prepared me and pointed me in the direction that, that led me to where I am today. And so I'm very grateful for a mother that had that characteristic 
like Hannah did. In chapter 2, beyond where we read, verse 18 says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. This is after she's delivered him to the priest to to loan him to the Lord. And it says, moreover, in verse 19, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year. And when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And so each year, as Samuel would grow, she would make a new coat and she would bring it to him. And she carried on that relationship even from the distance. She continued to honor God and to direct that child in that direction. And if you know of Samuel, he was a great man of God. He was a great prophet before God and directed the nation of Israel and he brought in or brought in but anointed David as king he pointed the way to Christ because of his mother chapter 1 verse 27 says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me the petition that I asked him. You know what? When Hannah, when God answered Hannah's prayer, she didn't forget that it was God that answered the prayer. She didn't forget that she had been pleading to God for this burden that was on her. She didn't forget about God. She gave God the credit for answering that prayer. I'm sure there's been many, many times in my life where I have asked something from God and He's answered. And I have not gone back and given Him credit for answering that prayer. There has been times where I have, and I'm glad for for those times, but I think we need to be more diligent in paying attention to what it is we're pleading to God for and making sure that when God answers those prayers that we come back to Him giving praise and giving recognition to God for the answer of those prayers. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. That's the order that things are intended to be. When we have a need, we can call on God, but when he answers, our responsibility is to give him the credit for that. And I read verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies. 
because I rejoice in thy salvation. Now I realize that Hannah is probably talking about being saved from the persecution that she received from her husband's other wife. But this can point us to our attitudes towards our own salvation. This is how we should look to God. My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. We need to rejoice in the salvation that God has given to us. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, Whom having not seen, you love him, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We come to God in faith, not seeing, but believing. And we're to rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, praising God for the salvation that we're trusting him with. Psalm 32, 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy. We need to shout for joy because of the salvation that God has given to us. I know not everybody's mother was like my mother. Not everybody's mother was like Hannah's. But you are the person that you are, largely because of your mother bringing you up and guiding you in your life. And you're here trusting the Lord for your salvation in some way because of your mother whether she realizes that or not. Let's pray. Lord God, I just, I am grateful that I had a mother that loved you, Lord, and that pointed me in the way that I should go. We can look to the proverb that says that Raise, raise up your children in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it, Lord. And We see that that is generally a true statement. and So we ask, Lord, that um, for those mothers here who are looking at their children who may not be serving you at this point in their life, Lord, that, but they have taught them, they have guided them, in that direction, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you would work in those hearts, Lord, that you would direct those children in a way that would cause them to turn to you and to serve you and to turn back to the way that they were trained up to go, Lord. And I, again, we're just uh, grateful for the salvation that we have through Christ. And Lord, help us to see the joy that we can have in that. 
see the salvation we have from our sin and from this world and eternity with you in glory, Lord. We thank you for it. We ask this all in Christ's name.